Hey everybody, in this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to get into the rivalry that was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens, or as everybody wanted to put it, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Um, we start talking about Doc Rivers firing. Was it legit or was it not? And um, next we talk about the Titans and the Steelers postponement and how the NFL might handle different postponements coming up in the future. All that and a little bit more on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports when we're here on a crisp um, fall evening going in and there's a ton of sports going on all around basketball, football, baseball, hockey, everything that you can want and never love in, in, in sports is all collectively scrambled and baked in this one time period. Thank you, COVID-19. Um, <laughs> so, uh, before we get started, I'll introduce my, uh, my, the fellas, Al and Ace, how you guys doing tonight? I'm good, man. It's, it's Wednesday. Hell, I bought a trash can. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm doing good. Um, it's just amazed the fact that where we are right now in this world, um, in 2020, so I'm ready to get started. Talk about what's going on in sports. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I want to start off with the game that was or the rivalry that really wasn't on Monday night. Um, it was built up to be um, the next big QB thing. Um, Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. Um, everybody was thinking this was going to be, you know, the game, at least for the first part of the season, the quote-unquote rivalry. Um, and uh, everybody was, you know, hyped up, waiting for it, Bill. They had this thing circled on a calendar before the season even got started. Everybody had pulled the Ravens as number one um, and the Chiefs as number two, which for me, <laughs> I could not even fathom why. Um, but then the game played. And then we saw really who was number one and really who was number two. But, fellas, what are your thoughts about the game that happened on Monday night? And um, the, as far as the performances, um, do you consider Lamar Jackson really a rival to Mahomes at this point? Um, I got to give, give props to Kansas City's defense. Spagnola as we all remember, was the Giants head coach there many moons ago. But still wish he was. He was a great <laughs> He said still wish he was. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he was a great defensive coordinator for the Giants as well. And I can honestly say the Kansas City Chiefs really dialed up. It's Spagnuolo. Dialed up a great game plan versus Lamar. And ultimately, the best team won. You know, you got the best quarterback in the league. You got all those weapons. And even though the Ravens' defense is pretty good, couldn't do anything to kind of slow down that offense whatsoever. But you got to give, again, you got to give the shout-outs and the props all to Spagnola and, and, and defensive, uh, defensive staff for really putting in a great game plan to sit there and neutralize Lamar. Now, the big question will be, as other NFL teams use that blueprint <laughs> as a way to sit there and shut down Lamar, how can the offensive staff 
for Baltimore countered that. You know, because they, they sat there and they tried to run their, we're going to run the ball down your throat, we're going to see how we go, and then kind of run the play pass. But uh, now it's a matter of what can Baltimore do to rebound from this game and to get their offense back on track. So the outcome of the game really wasn't much of a surprise to me. It was more so how much a domination of Kansas City's defense was against Lamar. It's almost like they sacrificed the first two games of the season, showing like they had no defense to come out against Lamar to really clamp down on the defense. It's almost like they said, you know, we'll sit there and sacrifice games one and two to come out and really show game prove that we are who we are. That's, that's pretty much my, my take on it. To be honest, I, I completely agree. Um, I think that they, I think they was geared up for this particular date. I think there was more, uh, because of all the talks, um, with Baltimore being supposed to be on that same echelon as where they are right now. Um, and I could see them getting geared up, especially the defense getting geared up for this game. Kansas City, all in all, everybody is, is acknowledging them for their offense. Last year, there were some, some, it was their defense wasn't really on par. It did enough to get them over and eventually make it to the Super Bowl, and they could t- constantly approve. But there were some suspects on their defense, and I think this past this this you know this past game shows that they made great strides in improving their defense. And if their defense continue to play like this, they're going to be on par with their offense, and it's going to be just another notch on Kansas City where they'll be a, at the top tier where everybody else is second tier below. And I, I, this is really scary because if their defense gets is continues to continues to play like the level that they played last game, then it's going to be, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much a done deal. <laughs> I mean, at this stage. I won't say that, never say never, but they're on that top tier. And I think they proved it last night with uh, the game against the Ravens. I mean, not last night, night before. Right. Yeah, I'm with you guys. And I would take AC. I think more so the defense, I did, they, they blitzed them. Spagnola's defense um, was classic Giants, you know, you know, blister QB. I mean, when he has the personnel to do it he did it but I did notice that he didn't do it all the time um he did it in the, more so in the second half and I think the offense more so put Baltimore in a bind because Baltimore doesn't doesn't is not as effective when they're playing from behind um when sure. they're right with the game or ahead they can kind of front run they can run the ball they can kind of you know eat up the clock um but what the Titans exposed in the playoffs last year is if you get a good lead on them and then you try to play some ball keep away, then it forces Baltimore to not to run it. They're going to have to have Lamar Jackson throw it. And he had, what, 97 yards passing? That ain't going to cut it against the Chiefs. Um, and when I was watching that game, you know, I text you guys, it was like watching, you know, the playing against the computer in Madden. It was just like it just went up and down the field at will. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, they jumped on them early, and the offense just shredded that defense. I mean, they blitzed Mahomes, I think, what, 45 or 48% of the, you know, the time. 
he just ate him up. I mean, all the different multiple screens they had, you know, shovel passes to a goddamn fullback, another toss pass to an open lineman. I mean, it was just that offense was clicking. And like you said, maybe they were kind of like holding it back. And then this game it was like, wait a second, you keep putting the post as Ravens are better than us. Did you guys forget who won the Super Bowl? And to me, the Ravens, I think, slammed the door shut. It's no rivalry at this point. Um, you got to beat them. And after three cracks at it with Lamar Jackson at the helm, they haven't done it. And the offense got the lead early, and then Lamar Jackson had to throw, and then 97 yards didn't get it. But the defense, boy, they brought the heat, mm-hmm. contained them. He was ineffective. Mark Ingram, they went away from him because yeah. now you got to try to – you got to try to throw. I don't know what happened to Hollywood Brown, but there were some passes out there that Lamar Jackson just clearly missed. And um, when he could throw it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to me, um, I think the Kansas City Chiefs reminded everybody in the league, you know, why they are the Super Bowl champions. Patrick Mahomes reminded everybody why he was the MVP. Well, why he was the year before. MVP, um, the Super Bowl MVP, I think he didn't play all that great. He got a good fourth quarter. But to me, I think Kansas City is um, a step or two ahead of the Ravens. You know, the Ravens have a phenomenal defense. That offense is not there yet. And Lamar Jackson is going to need to throw it a little bit better to match up to the Kansas City Chiefs should they meet in the playoffs again. And also the question is basically what – the question is now for the Ravens is what have they learned from this? And can they work on whatever the issues that they have to go – to continue down the season and go on a positive trend? Because you don't want to take this L that Kansas City just gave you and then don't figure out how to um, respond to it. So – I mean, I think that they, they will respond, but I think this was a lesson learned for them. And I, to be honest, I think it was a punch in the gut that they may need um, going forward because until they get to that level where Kansas City is, I mean, they could do so much, but they have to get to that level if they want to beat Kansas City, and they haven't done it yet. Agreed. Agreed. Point blank. Love Lamar as a player, love Lamar as the athlete, love Lamar as the runner. Lamar can be a great passer, but his passing game is real suspect when he's under pressure. When you give him time, he'll stretch it. Because he's proven that he can throw for three and four hundred yards when he has time. But the minute he's under a little bit of a little bit of stress and a little bit of pressure, he's not that same quarterback. So that's the one thing that he has to learn is how to trust the pocket, how to step up, and how to still deliver a pass when he's under pressure. Once he, del- once he learns that, Lamar will be the complete quarterback, running and passing. Yeah, if he can get – I'm not even going to say Deshaun <laughs> um, Watson, but if he can get – if he can get Russell Wilson throwing abilities, you know, I'm going to throw abilities. If he can get Russell Wilson throwing consistency and accuracy mm-hmm. on top of his running games, then I think the Baltimore Ravens would be unstoppable because you can put him in a pocket, but then he'll kill you like Russell Wilson has been killing teams the last three weeks. So I agree. If he, if he can get that, 
then he closes the gap between him and Mahomes. Hell, if he can get that with a Josh Allen, because Josh Allen will kill you with speed. But that boy is killing you in the pocket. <laughs> Woo! If you get to Josh Allen's level, Baltimore's going to stop. <laughs> well, until then, in, in regards to the comparison, he's not there yet. And I think that everybody else needs to understand that Lamar Jackson's not there yet. He will get there if he continues on the right trend. But right now, he's not there yet. And if he doesn't show any progression to get there this season, do not be surprised if they make an early exit that Coach Harborough will be relieved of his duties and he'll bring in somebody else. Oh, an, off yep. an offensive-minded coach to bring in a new offense to get him up to up to par. Maybe that's what they need. Yeah, I agree. Well, it will be interesting. So we're going to – we'll keep an eye on Baltimore as the, as the season progresses to see how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, but sticking to the NFL, um, obviously uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tennessee Titans, if you not heard, um, their game on Sunday has been postponed because several um, Titans players and some, um, and, and some coaches have tested positive for COVID-19. So the facility is shut down. They're doing everything virtual. The game initially was going to be scheduled for Sunday, but it's been postponed to either Monday or Tuesday. Um, we knew something like this was probably eventually going to happen. Um, it did. Um, but just like I believe in baseball, they're probably going to just push through it. Um, but the game was postponed to either Monday or Tuesday. So, guys, do you believe this was the right call by the NFL? Um, yes, but I also think that they – I think the NFL needs – well, the NFL did expand their practice squad, the practice squad roster. I think they need to expand their – is it still 53-man roster right now? Or is it up to 60? Uh, 53 for players playing, but I think the practice squad got got up a bit. Well, I think, I think, well, maybe what they're trying to do is they're trying to give those on a practice squad the, the ability to get some time in with the teams in order to, in order to, to get some reps, maybe. Because unlike college, the college game is like, look, you have to keep a certain amount of players in your particular position room in order to sit there and play for a certain game. You can have 12 players out, but as long as you got two QBs, at least seven linemen, four wide receivers, and et cetera, et cetera, you can still play. So I'm starting to, I'm sitting there trying to wonder what exactly is the NFL's plan as far as when you got individuals who, who got you know who catch COVID. Is it based on position room or is it just based on you just don't have the, the amount of effective players, not effective, the amount of active players needed for a particular game that week? And that I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that they them postponing it works for them um, at this stage. I'm just curious in regards to what does that in turn do with the next schedule appointment that they are supposed to face? Um, are they playing like double games under 
in the same area. Um, like, like, are they playing a game Tuesday? You say around the next postponed game is on Tuesday. So does that mean that they – what do they do with the Sunday game that they have against the, the other person – I mean, the other team. I forgot which one. Like, how was that factor in as far as the scheduling is concerned? That's the only concern I would have at this stage. But I think that, like you said, with the roster and, and expanding, I think that at this stage they'll move, bump up people to fill whatever um, spots that are open um, and just it's the next man up at this stage. But I'm just more curious about the scheduling, if anything. How would that work? Uh, I think, I mean, like I said, the game is going to be on Monday or Tuesday. Um probably more likely to just to give them a little extra day of, you know, testing and everything um, to make sure everyone is, you know, is good to go. Um, but I think they knew this going into the season, you might get the situation where your game might not be played until Monday or Tuesday if you're scheduling a Sunday. And then you're just going to have to be ready to turn around and play, you know, okay. that next Sunday. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's not like baseball where they can kind of say we're going to postpone this game for a later date and then you wait out and then the next series or person you play is that. This is more so like you don't play anybody for a whole week and then you got to play the next week. So they have a little bit more of, I guess you want to call lead way mm -hmm. because they're not playing games every day or every other day. They're only playing games on the weekend. So you can get away with playing a game on Tuesday and then you're going to have to have a short term on time and play another game on um, Sunday. Sunday. Now, the question is, if you have someone that was scheduled on Sunday and you play a game on Tuesday, exactly. and they were scheduled to play on Thursday. Thursday, exactly. That's what I was thinking. So that, I'm curious. I be. I don't know. I haven't heard how they're going to handle that. I think right now the NFL is going to take things – case-by-case case basis at this particular point. And if, you know, something happens and have to schedule a game on Monday or, or Tuesday, the very latest, they might not have that game on Thursday and just move it to Sunday. I mean, you don't got no fans of some of this, you know, 90% of the stadiums as it is right now. So you don't have to worry about shifting, you know, people's tickets and monies if people can't make it. If ain't nobody there, it's just like, all right, we'll just shut down the stadium and just run it on um, Sunday. What about TV there? Look, everybody know the deal is at this particular point. <laughs> Want the season to go? This is the stuff we're going to have to Mike that might come up with. I mean, it's it is what it is. In other words, <laughs> pretty much. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, well, the NFL always seems to be that that uh, that unit that. That organization that sits there and you know they're playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. So I'm sure they got a, a million to one uh, um, uh, schedules kind of sit there in place in the event that if this team sits there and they have they've been tested for COVID and blah 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 blah, I'm sure they have something in place. That's why they were so easy to sit there and say play Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. You know, because who's to say that down the pike that a Monday night game wouldn't be followed up by a Thursday night game? Just because they haven't done it doesn't mean that they won't do it. <laughs> That's true. But a team that plays Monday then turns on and play Thursday? Mm 
could happen. Players would probably balk at that ridiculously. Bunch of the coaches, but I mean, hey, like you said, it's it it it, it may happen. Exactly. So my thing would be if it if for a scenario where a team played Monday or Tuesday and then turned around and had to play a game on Thursday, but they didn't want to play on Thursday and had to play, I think they'll it's sacrilegious, it's sacrilegious to do this before Thanksgiving. But I think they'll have to play on Saturday. Hmm. I mean, because bottom line is college football is college football. NFL respects college football Saturdays. But if they need to throw a game in on a Saturday, you don't think they would? <laughs> because college football, we all know it's about pageantry. You all know it's about alumni. We all know it's about this and that. And the, the ratings show that because it's this particular game versus a particular team versus two particular teams, let's just say, the ratings may not all be that great. Like, for example, West Virginia played Eastern Kentucky our first week. We only had 640,000 viewers. So you can't tell me that if the NFL wanted to put a um, Dolphins-Jets game versus a West Virginia EKU game that – the Jets-Dolphins still wouldn't draw more eyes than West Virginia EKU. <laughs> uh, well, depending oh. on the region. Yeah. It, is, it, it, it is the Jets. <laughs> it is the Jets. Yes, but it's also still the NFL. The NFL is still king. I would love to see the comparison of the two. King, I would say depending on where you're at. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're king in SEC country, depending on the state. Oh, then, yeah, because they only have one team in SEC country. Yeah. Two, yeah. <laughs> Three. <clears throat> Atlanta, Houston, and, uh, Na and uh, Nashville. They ain't, the, the NFL is not king in Alabama. We all, know who, <laughs> we all know oh, who's king there. <laughs> no, not at all. But, you know, if Alabama was playing and, you know, Atlanta was playing uh, – Atlanta was playing Minnesota. I guarantee Alabama will probably have all the eyes. Yes. But yeah. the NFL just have to sit there and eat it just because they need to get the game in, but they couldn't play on Thursday because it was too quick a turnaround. Or they might mess around and play on Friday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I guess the preparation and the planning and get everybody up to snuff and, you know, to give everybody – the players, the proper rest for their bodies once you get deep in the season. But like you said, Ace, I mean, I'm pretty sure the NFL brain trust has been thinking about all these contingencies. I think their worst nightmare is to have no games for Thanksgiving if you have a bad outbreak and you can't play anybody. I mean, if they got to go with their one marquee game, which is the four o'clock game, they'll go with that one marquee game. They can be okay with the the one o'clock game, which usually the um, Detroit Lions, if they had to, if something happened that had to be moved, they'll be okay with that. If the night game had to be moved, they're okay with that. But they'll be fretting <laughs> if that four something game, you know, whether it be the Cowboys, whether it be whoever is going to be in that game, they'll be bugging the heck out if that game can't be played because that's prime time Thanksgiving, right when you eating. Because I know when I'm eating Thanksgiving, I'm sitting there watching that game. <laughs> it's the Cowboys. If it's the Cowboys, whomever. But I, if it's the Cowboys, <laughs> you want to see them lose. But all I know is that around 435, 
I'm watching the game, and then when like about five o'clock hit, when they start, you know, blessing the food and he's eating, everybody's talking. Where all the guys at? Watching Actually, that football game. It is. It is the Cowboys. <laughs> it usually is. And Washington if, is is the Washington football team against the Cowboys this year. Yeah, four thirty. Yeah. If you don't have. <laughs> if you don't have that game going on, do you know the, the level of anxiety we're all going to have? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. College football is played in my household on a, on a Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's your household. It ain't the ones I go to. <laughs> College football rules. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, so it's 1230 is... Um, Texans versus the Lions, and then the 430 is with the Washington football team against the Cowboys. And then 820, it's the Ravens at the Steelers. That is going to be a good game. That might be the more interesting game because yeah, the NFC East right now is in disarray. Maybe they'll get their act together by the time you hit, you know, beginning of November. Right now, it's a train wreck from top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about this still a minute. <laughs> Who said that? Philly, the coach in Philly. After tying, yeah, yes, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Giants is still in it, theoretically, too. And the Washington football team. <laughs> and the Washington football team. <laughs> everybody <laughs> everybody is still in it. And we, as a Giants fan, we suck. <laughs> Bad. Dude, so it's like, Daniel Jones, like, is it more Daniel Jones versus more in the offensive line, or would you guys rather see a different quarterback? Or offensive line, offensive line. I mean, you can put Patrick Mahomes behind that offensive line. If he ain't getting no blocking, then he ain't gonna be the Patrick Mahomes you saw Monday night. The Patrick Mahomes Monday night had great blocking. I mean, all the blitz that that the Ravens did, that line was picking up every damn blitz it seemed like and he seemed like he had more than enough time in that pocket so um he he doesn't have offensive line and his breath of any good weapons he doesn't have a, there's no tyree kill um you know there's 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 no um there's no travis kelsey um you don't have all the, the, the array of receivers out there hmm? like i said there's no travis kelsey out there Ingram is good, but he's no Travis Kelsey. Um, well, let me let me ask this. This is when, this kind of bug because I don't know who's worse, the Jets or the Giants. Um, the Jets' own line is no different than the Giants' own line. But if you had a choice at Daniel Jones or quarterback for the Jets, who would you rather have for the Giants? Darnold or Jones? You know why it's so you can't blame the offensive line. Now it's just a matter of what quarterback you want. <laughs> I'm not going front. I would really want to see the Jets and Giants play against each other. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody wants to see that. <laughs> no, I, no, I really want to because I need to find out who is exactly is the worst at this stage. But believe it or not, on paper, I think the Jets have better talent. <laughs> but bad coaching. The coaching is going to mess them up nine times out of ten. And let's be honest, the offensive line 
if they were to go, if they were to play against each other, I think that the Jets may have some, their defense may hold the Giants, but the Jets are going to do something where it's just going to mess them up themselves. They'll beat themselves. And that's been the biggest issue. And it's not about the players per se. It's the, 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 the whole scheme of things is just wrong. Yeah, it's you know both teams are bad. I mean, yeah. um, the Jets, the Giants are working on their, their very first head coach who's not been even a, a offensive coordinator; he's been a special teams coach. So True. I mean, True. and then you lose Saquon Barkley, but even the two games prior to that, he looked bad. So I mean, I don't know. Wait, to answer your question, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> huh? Heads or tails? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a it'd be a coin flip. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Daniel Jones can be a good NFL quarterback, but not he's not that kind of quarterback that can make wine out of water. And Darnold, <sighs> slightly better, only because he's had a he's had a full year under his belt. Um, as opposed to Daniel Jones getting his first full year and he's been with that offense a little bit more. Um, so he's a little bit more competent, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing – it would be interesting to see what Sam Darnold would do with this squad. Well, you Jets and Giants. Well, <laughs> you really well, need to see it. <laughs> well, bottom line is we all know who New York team is, and that's Buffalo. Well, yeah. <laughs> Even though – themselves a New York team, but they're New York. They're the Buffalo, not New York State. <laughs> New York City is part of New York State. <laughs> it is. They just don't act like Buffalo is part of New York State. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Buffalo's like we're on our own. <laughs> yeah, and for them, I would say be a, be on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all will kill for half of Buffalo start lining starting off as wide. <laughs> Before we switch over to the next topic, I actually wanted Josh Allen. Josh Allen came out the year before Dan Jones. I was big on Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I said they should have traded OBJ to um to Cleveland. Uh-huh. The year they had the second pick. Mm-hmm. And then they could have got um their their receiver and get and get the fourth round pick from him. Well, but I, Allen went in the first round, so they, you still wouldn't have gotten Allen. Unless no, you would have took Allen with the number two pick. No, you could have still, you would you, they could still could have took Bark with the number one pick, but then you could have took Allen with the fourth pick. Uh, I see what you oh, Hold on, so the Giants had two picks that in the top four? No, the Giants only had one pick. He but said he would have traded Cleveland, for- Cleveland was sniffing around OBJ that year when they were going to the draft, but the Giants mm-hmm. didn't give up, didn't want to trade them. Right. And so then they turned around the next damn year and traded them when you could have traded them the year that the – Cleveland had the first and the fourth pick. The Giants had number two. Cleveland was sniffing around at that particular point in time now. You could have been like, we'll give you OBJ to go with Baker, but give us the fourth pick. Oh, so you would have gave up number two and OBJ. No, you would have kept number two, gave – you should have kept number two, traded OBJ to Cleveland while he still had high numbers and was still doing what he was doing. 
and we'll give you OBJ and you give us the fourth round pick. Kept the number two and then traded OBJ. Oh, 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 oh. So you're saying just trade OBJ up straight up for number four? Yep. Oh, that, I, I don't think I don't think Cleveland would remember that. You would have to throw them more. They, they, was, they were sniffing around hard for him. If for they really wanted them. Hmm? Huh? For a straight up number four pick? Wow. Well, you could have made fourth, but he's a he at that particular time he was still you yeah, know, he was putting a big a number receiver. Right. And you could have been like, you put OBJ with Jarvis Landry and your new QB coming out there. He has a lot of talent. You mess it right up. And then they could have he still could have got Barkley, and then they could have got Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was praying for him to do that <laughs> year, and they didn't. I was like, if if you want to – because they were back and forth about whether or not they're going to give him a contract. I said, don't give him a contract. Trade him to Cleveland. Get their fourth-round pick. Get your quarterback. Get Josh Allen. They would have got Josh Allen. They would have been a little bit better now. The offensive line might have still been a little shaky, but I think Josh Allen is a, is a slightly better quarterback right now than – either Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold is. Like shit. <laughs> uh, well, but, but, but to be fair, to be fair, Buffalo has a better management team at the time, and he has better assets around him to make him a lot better. Plus, plus the Giants are still under that issue with Eli. And that's fine. Let Josh Allen, you know, learn under Eli for one year. And then you could have cut bait with them a year before you had the big, you know, the big mess. They could have been, uh, in my opinion, two years ahead of where they might be two years from now. So, in other words, if you if the Giants had pulled that off, then Gino would have been with the Giants. That's the year Gino's with the Giants, right? Yep. Yep. Then you could have sold it because then they went and got Ryan Liotta in the fourth round pick. But you could have sold saying, okay, Eli, you've been doing good. We got Josh Allen with the number four pick. We're going to put him in. You could have sold that much better at that particular point in time, and you would have heard no Giants fans cry about anything. They're just crying because it was Geno. It wasn't supposedly it was the backup quarterback because it was just Geno as the backup quarterback. Just as Geno. Yeah. Interesting scenario. It would have been interesting to see how it played out. Yeah. But like you said, management. <laughs> Screw that all up. We can, we can go back and play Madden. We can play those after. <laughs> 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 but that's been the number one issue with, with not just Giants, but with the Jets too, management-wise. Like when you bring in people that don't have no experience to be head coaching, um, like those type of things, the deals that they could have been, they could have made to solidify, like, or at least fix the offensive line with the Giants, or you know, solve the issues of like having some veteran leadership with the Jets. Like that's that's all part of management, the GMs included, and they haven't done anything to prove the case why they still, you know, at this stage that they are what's the word improving on that aspect. Management is still the same, which means they're still going to be in the same position of where they are right now. Until something drastically changed, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. 
And who knows, both the Jets and the Giants will probably be looking for either a new GM or either new coach and GM. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Y'all ain't looking for no, no, no coach or GM right now, but the Jets? No. Yeah. Trust me, if they go – the GM is on thin ice at this particular point as it was now. If it still looks bad for the Giants, coach will probably stay. The GM is going to probably go. Wow. Wow. The, the, the Jets might clean house totally, but, you know, that's I, – I mean, the way that they look right now, the Jets, I, I can't really – if they like you said, if they continue this, I really can't see them keeping Gaze at this stage. Like, I think he's going to get fired after this week. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the GM should be. That's just that, that's neither here nor there. But I think that, like you said, I think they really should clean house. I mean, they have the worst net per points percentage right now in the three weeks in the NFL. Like, teams are outscoring them constantly. And they, I mean, it's they only scored 37 points in the last three, three weeks. Well, that's because Darnold sees those. <laughs> oh, quick interjection. Uh, did your uh, Yankees take the cream or the clear between the last couple of games and the start of the playoffs? Because hmm. they're looking like the old selves again. I, 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 think, they, I think they dabbled both. The <laughs> 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 clear. <laughs> they did. They're, 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 huh? The game. Uh, five four Yankees. Damn, they were down four nothing. <laughs> I know. Like I said, they they they're looking like their old selves, <laughs> or at least the team that started off the season when it was ripping off wins left and right. But they look a little different than they did the second half of that season. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I I can't say they're gonna win because I doubt it. But you know, at least they're playing like they're like they got something to prove. I think they're pissed off. As well, they should be. Yes. Um, but speaking about coaches being fired, um, Doc Rivers, the coach of the Los Angeles Clippers for the last seven, eight years, um, was let go by Steve Ballmer um, last, um, a couple of days ago amid of the 3-1 debacle to the Denver Nuggets. Um, so... The team was supposed to be the team that was supposed to challenge the Lakers and maybe even beat the Lakers to vie for a championship. That obviously didn't happen. Um, Doc had to deal with a lot of um, egos, a lot of situations with, you know, of course, Kawhi Leonard with all of his load management, Paul George and all the other people that came in. Team came to the bubble. Didn't look like they really wanted to be at the bubble. Everybody was back and forth, no team chemistry. And unfortunately... Once they lost, Doc Rivers was um, the sacrificial lamb, if you want to say it, is being let go. Um, so do you guys agree? Or maybe, how do you feel about Doc Rivers being um, let go uh, from the Clippers organization after seven years of being a head coach and having the highest winning percentage of any Clippers coach up until that point? I, 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 I gotta, I, I'm gonna default to the NBA. <laughs> um, I, I really, I, I was kind of shocked um, that this happened. Um, 
I, I get it. I get Steve Ballmer. Um, I, I get the whole aspect of it that it was win or bust in his mindset. Um, but they only been this team has only been together partially about a year. Um, I think that with a lot of chemistry issues that the team, the players were going against. Um, I agree. I don't think that Doc could have resolved it in time. Um, obviously, he didn't because, you know, they were eliminated from, from the playoffs. But my thing is, is this. Um, I thought that Doc should at least had another year to run, run it back to see exactly what he could do, um, to see where if he could fix this issue. Um, my concern is, is that I'm curious to see who they're going to bring in because whoever that they do bring in, Doc Rivers is going to find a coach, a, a, a coaching job somewhere else. That's I'm not even worried about Doc Rivers. Like he's done so much, where I don't see him not at all not coaching another team. This you know this upcoming season. I I hear rumors about Philly, but that's I hear that. But my thing is, is this? I think that LA didn't give them enough chance to to run it back. I think that they're going to have to find someone that. If they keep the same roster intact, they need to find someone that has a Zen moment that can keep them in check. Because I get there, there's just too many. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's too many. There, there's there's players that's going to be basically um, just doing their own thing, and he has to whoever that next coach is, they got to make sure that they keep them in check. And if they don't, and if they don't fix the chemistry issues, it's going to be another season, another year where they're supposed to be on a level where they should be beating teams, and they'll be knocked out of the playoffs again. So, um, whoever they find as their coach, need to make sure that they right the ship and fix the chemistry issues. The talent is there; it's the chemistry issues that need to be addressed. And Doc Rivers was doing his best to address those chemistry issues, but it wasn't enough to get them over the hump. So. If they bring in somebody, they got to make sure that they fix the chemistry issues because if they don't, whatever coach that they bring in is not going to change a thing with the Clippers. That's all I have to say. I, I mean, I, I, that's all I have to say about that matter. Uh, the bigger question would be with Steve Ballmer, give Kawhi and Paul George the kind of leverage that a LeBron would get as far as who they would hire as a head coach. I'm not saying that the coach that the head coach that LA has, the Lakers, that the Lakers have right now with the Bogle would not be the first choice for LeBron, but it don't take much for a head coach to come in there and say, hey, LeBron, do you AD do you, we'll run some sets through you, and then we'll just kind of figure the shit out as we go. That's the question. What will Balmer do? Balmer, obviously, I, I read that Balmer sat down with George and, and Kawhi, and even though they pleaded their case about keeping Doc Rivers, he was like, screw you, I'm doing what the hell I'm doing. And I think it has everything to do with just the culmination of the, the past seven, eight years, or seven, eight seasons that they just couldn't get over that hump. Um, so now that they're in a coaching search, will he include them? Now, that would be something because it's my understanding that 
both Kawhi and Paul George just have one year left on their contract. So it's like almost like a, a do or die next season for LA. They, they put all these chips in the middle of the table for Kawhi and Paul George. And if nothing pans out after next season, they both can bolt and then the Clippers will be the Clippers they were for the past 25 years before Doc Rivers got there. So Steve Ballmer got to do everything in his power to make sure this is the right hire. This is the right hire. Personally, I would try to do everything in my possible. In, in, in my, nah, um, this probably won't work. I would say go after Popovich, but Kawhi probably don't want to be with Popovich. No, um, yeah. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah. <laughs> this may sound kind of crazy. <laughs> Wait, I hope you're not going to say what I think you're going to say. I think you know what I'm going to say. What do you think I'm going to say? I don't know. I'm thinking, are you you talking about, all right, bringing in a coach that has that coached before, but haven't coached in a while, would be a perfect fit. And I've been, well, you're talking about Van Gundy? No, um, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the other person. The one that you've been trying to push. Yeah. No, actually, this may seem crazy as shit. Okay. Masai, not not having him come in the coach, would have Toronto pull off a coup. Bring Kawhi and Paul George back to Toronto. They're gonna have to offload a lot of shit. <laughs> I mean, they don't have much now. Mark Gasol just went back to Spain. Gasol left. And he, that's what the talks is. He's 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 not playing NBA this time around. He's moved, he's going to play back in Spain. Mm. Mm, well, that's different. Okay. <laughs> so I was saying, I say you got to keep you got to keep uh, uh, the Siakam. You got to keep Siakam. Um, but if you got to give up on Van Fleet and a couple others, you know, to to bring Paul George and Kawhi back, because obviously. I think Kawhi made the biggest mistake ever leaving Toronto personally. I just don't think that uh, Majiri, if I'm saying his name correctly, I do apologize if I'm saying it incorrectly. No, you're good. Um, was scared to pull the trigger to get Paul George over there. I don't think he wanted to give up what he wanted to give up to get him. Well, he wasn't going to give up Siakam. That was. Uh, and I still wouldn't give up Siakam. But, uh -huh. but you could give up Van Fleet. No, well, all right. Um, but um, during the time, Pacers won at Siakam. Right. So you're going to have, I mean, for them to, to do something like, for Masai to do something like that, he would have to give up Siakam in that mix. The Clippers are not going to take back anybody else superstar, non-superstar-wise other than Siakam. Sorry. They got Lou Williams, so that kind of cancels out Fan Fleet at the moment. They still got some pieces there that they would rather keep. Um, I just don't see them making that move. The question I have is, is that – the question I have is really who is going to be that coach that can keep those players in check. That's the bottom line. No trades is not going to be done at this stage because it's too early in the year. It's the first team. Like, this is the first year with, the first, with this new squad. So I don't see them making any big changes at the moment. Let's see, but then I'm thinking about – I'm thinking about Bomber and everything that he's everything that that team has done 
to give up what they got, knowing they only got one year left? Do you risk it to try to bring in a coach in hopes that you get the throne, the Lakers, or whoever else? Now, because now it's not only the Lakers. Now you gotta you gotta worry about Golden State coming back healthy, and you gotta worry about Denver's better, and you gotta worry about Utah being better. It's a hell of a lot tougher this coming this upcoming season for them as it was this coming season. Yeah. LA sit there and say, you know what? Try, you know, cut our bait and just move on because that's a hell of a ask <laughs> because you have no guarantee that Kawhi or Paul George will stay after next season. I think at this point, you got to just bite it and go with it, which is, I'm with you, Al. I'm a little su- I was a little surprised that they cut him. I mean, that they let him go. I would have liked for him to – I would have – it would have been interesting to see amid the stoppage and then the kickstart back to the bubble, how that team would have really gelled, you know, going into March, April, and May if there would have been a more cohesive unit by the time it got to May when the playoffs start, then, you know, May, June, everything, as opposed to stopping for three months then coming back in a bubble. I mean, remember when everything went down and – um um, and the two teams that didn't want to actually want to leave the bubble was the Lakers and the Clippers, and you know all the back and forth of the Clippers. But I, I get what you're saying, Ace. But the, they gave up so much to get Paul George. They mortgaged the future. You gotta you gotta run with it now because if they walk, you don't have any first round picks for the next four to five years. Exactly. So you gotta find a coach. You tweak the you tweak the roster a little bit. I don't think this team constructed as is um, fits. I think uh, Montrez Harrell might be the odd man out because he was doing a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Huh? No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Huh? No. Um, <laughs> just a gnat flying around here. Um, so it's. <sighs> Lou Williams is going to be Lou Williams to keep him, but I think there's some other pieces. Marquez Morris, Mancho Harris might might bounce because he's a free agent. So somebody's going to be giving him money for his assets. So you might be able to tweak the, the roster a bit to be able to better fit and complement Paul George and um, Kawhi Leonard. But you got to get in the coach is going to have to tell Kawhi Leonard, look, we can't do all this goddamn, you know, you know, load management for your ass. We can do it in spurts where it's smart. But we just can't be sitting you all willy-nilly like all this time. Um, like you said, it's not going to get any easier. The Lakers are going to be right back there. They're probably going to win this finals in, in five, maybe six. Um, um, go to State to be back. Who knows what they're going to look like when they do get back. Uh, but they're going to get everybody back. Um, Utah is going to be up there. Um, Denver, we saw what they're going to do. They're going to have another year of experience, a little more hungry. So, the West is going to get a bit more competitive than it was this year. Um, I don't know. Who are you going to get the coach? I thought you were going to say Phil Jackson, <laughs> personally. Um, but he's not coaching. <laughs> I, told, I thought you was going for it. Maybe you can get a Jeff – maybe a Jeff Van Gundy. Maybe Ty Lue stays if they didn't really do um, – if they didn't do Doc Dirty. That would probably be the most logical choice. Um, but – would Ty Lue want to stay there? Maybe Ty Lue wants to, you know, go someplace else. Maybe he wants to go to the Pelicans. Maybe he wants to go to the Pacers. I don't know. It's, you know, it's a lot of jobs out there, very attractive jobs out there at this particular point right now. 
and it may not be attractive jobs next season if some people don't take the opportunity now. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but real quick, I what's still puzzling to me is that, like, Steve Ballmer did this because of what happened in the bubble. But before the bubble even consisted, they was the number two team in the Western Conference. So, mm-hmm. like, for that to happen, um, and this is – I mean, Steve Ballmer, I get, is the, you know, the owner, but you really got to understand, like, you, this is, you're doing something, like, I'm I'm just curious of the fact that if they would have kept Doc Rivers to go at another run um, outside of this bubble, like, what would have happened? And that's what's always going to be the what-if um, statement going forward. I mean, the fact that Doc Rivers is gone and Lawrence Frank is still the GM is – it's telling. I think there was nothing more to it than just, you know, him just not, them parting ways. I think it's something more to it. Um, two things. I think what Miami, I think what LA needs, it's nice that they have their two stars, but Miami is the blueprint, a blueprint, excuse me, of what teams need going forward outside of maybe a Golden State. Just because they got pure shooters. Uh, uh, Steph and Clay can probably hit a shot from anywhere. Inside 15 feet and beyond 65 feet. But Miami has went out there and showed you that if you can go out there and get two sharp shooters, somebody who's not afraid to sit there and take shots and make shots consistently, that that's what they're missing in the game. That and a dominant post player, which I know that the league is just not there anymore. But if anybody wanted to sit there and bring that back to the forefront and be dominant with it. For what team? I'm sorry. For which team? General. Oh, general. I mean, general. Because I think what the Clippers are missing is somebody who can hit that mid-range Consistently, not to say that Kawhi or Paul George, but obviously when Paul George is gone for six or seven games at a stretch, you need somebody to come in there and be that that shooter that can take some stress away from Kawhi. And I think that's something that the Clippers lack, unfortunately. The the reasons why the the Lakers don't necessarily need it because AD, even though he can sit there and hit that mid range, if they need be. They can put him in a block and he can be dominant. And he can be dominant in the block. That's something also the Clippers don't have. Because Montrez Harrell wasn't, you know, all these big jokers now, they want to sit there and be, you know, pick and pop. Nobody wants to get down in the post no more. If somebody, if a team were to sit there and dominate in the post, the sky's the limit. It's just, you can't, you can't even blame NBA teams. You know, you got to take it all the way back to, to wreck. <laughs> When these jokers are spurting up and they, they realize they can't be point guards no more, but they need to learn how to play the post. But the coaches don't want to sit there and teach them how to play the post. <laughs> well, that's on that old school rhetoric right now. <laughs> yeah. I if you had that old school rhetoric, nobody could stop you. Because yeah, the problem, is, the problem is finding a play to do that because right now everything is more spread out. There's not a – there's not – that many big men in the league 
that is going to go on the block. And that's not because you can't find them. It's because they're not coached to do that. Except for Joker. No, yeah. Joker don't do that. No, Wait, he, he does it. He oh, does it. Joker can do it if he so chooses. Oh, if he, he can, chooses. Can, but the, that's the key word, chooses. Exactly. Because <laughs> I, I saw the hell he was doing the AD in that post a couple times when he was pushing that shoulder to AD's, AD's chest. And AD was just being pushed back, pushed back because he ain't got no weight. No, you – the problem is, is that everybody, the office does not, is not, it's not that people are going, you know, not going to the post. The offense now is not constricted to for the, the play in the post anymore. Everything is up top now. So the centers are even up top to, to pass and distribute the ball. So. And that's, you know. and that's why I think that, I think that's what, I think that's what, the, that's, I think that's what will, what will bring balance back to the game. But the team has to be in the forefront to try to make it happen. And obviously, yes, you have to make more twos than the team makes threes, but you got a higher percentage of making twos than making threes. Not everybody can shoot like Golden State. It, I think it works like that if you have somebody like an AD that likes to play more out than in, and then you have a player that plays in and out, and then you get AD to have to guard on a block, and you get him in early foul trouble then it works. But if not, then you're forced to have to have that big man guard AD more so on the perimeter, and then he becomes a liability. Right, right. True. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Um, Golden State right now is in a prime position to do a lot more next year than they do this year. Um, and that's because, of the, you know, they, they're number two in the draft. So this upcoming draft is going to be it's going to be a defining moment. But, you know, like you said, Ace, the West is going to be stacked again. And yep. then there's still going to be some trades. There's still going to be some free agents signing elsewhere. So we'll see how that plays going forward. But as of right now, since the finals is in play, um, I, I, I heard what you said, Smooth. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that – I'm not going to predict the Lakers is going to take it just yet. I need to see how the Heat handles them first the next – in this game. Um, once I see how they handle them, then I'll make my prediction, predictions. I will either have Miami to win um, so that it eliminates this greatest talk all, um, to all the time. And the more I keep hearing about this with this, Le LeBron James' greatest asset is his longevity, bottom line. I'm not going to go into any other detail. He's been playing since he was 18 years old in the NBA. Stats is going to matter at this stage. But we'll see how it matters. If you know, I think AD is more hungry to win this than LeBron is at this stage. What you say, Ace? Uh, hey, I called the Heat to make it, and I'm going to stick with my Heat. I... I'm going to be bold and go out there and say Heat and Six. Because the bottom line is the Heat showed you that Tyler Hero can sit there and drop 37 or 40, whatever the hell he dropped. But then they got the other sharpshooter that can sit there, come out the next game and take you out the water. And then they'll show you the next game that I don't need either one of them, but I'll have uh, Bam come out there and drop 30 on you. 
all in the while while their best player is only sitting there averaging about 21 and 21, 8 and 6. And that is that that comes out there and screams nothing that I'm a superstar. But for whatever reason, the team just does so damn well. They're not and doing well now, Ace. About to say it ain't looking good at at this particular moment. That's all right. It's just one game. It's just one game. I, I, you know, and I've been wrong more times than I've been right. But I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say that the, the young boys, the young fellas are shell-shocked. You know, none of the players on the Heat, except for maybe Udonis Haslam, and he ain't playing, ever played in the, uh, in the finals. And the Iggy. Iggy <laughs> did. Iggy Dollar did. Oh, well, Iggy, yes. But... You know, Iggy is still a shell of his former self too. But I still have a I have a strange gut feeling that Miami's gonna come out there and it's gonna shock the world. I'll say six, but it wouldn't shock me the least if they went seven and Miami came out and took I wish I I wish I was man enough to sit there and put my money where my mouth is. But I I ain't I ain't that much of a man. <laughs> <laughs> well I I'll give you your props, man, because you did call the heat with the Boston Celtics series, and I was seeing the Celtics. I didn't see it. Um, they they outplayed the Celtics. Um, Celtics, by the way, got some issues. Um, got a lot of issues. They need to fix that. <laughs> I, I don't think they need a superstar point guard. I don't think. Huh? I don't think they need a superstar point guard. I think they need a service of point guard. They can sit there and distribute the rock and still make J's, but let Tatum and Brown be the, the main focal points along with whoever their bigs are in their, in their, in their uh, front court. There's credence to that. They made it to the NBA Eastern Conference Finals with just Tatum and Brown, you know, you know, being one and two since they inter interjected Kyrie Irving and then came back and Kimba Walker. It hasn't really clicked as well. However, they got some issues, but I will, like I said, Ace, I'll give you your props. You called, you called the Heat. I said, um, I wasn't sure about that, and they're in the finals. They're not doing good right now, but I'm not sold enough that that this team with the Heat can overcome LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And um, I'll give them, I'll give them two. At least one, but I'll give them two. But I just don't think the Lakers are going to – they could. They very well could because this bubble has been very interesting. Um, but I think the Lakers, I think they kind of found their their niche move going forward. They're in their groove right now. I think LeBron James just – he's been taking some games off in, the, in, in these playoffs. Let's call a spade a spade. He has been. But um, I guess he can do that year 17. So – but I mean, if the Heat beat them, whoo, boy, don't come at me. <laughs> Do not come at me with that stuff about LeBron James is, you know, the GOAT. And when I'm thinking about LeBron, the GOAT as far as basketball, do not bring about what he does outside of the NBA because that's athlete status. You know, who's the best athlete? But if you're talking about the GOAT in basketball, it's about what you do and have done when you get on that court. And as much as he's done off the court, that's not what you're looking at 
on the court. And so right now, if he wins, they're going to say he's probably the GOAT. I don't – I still won't agree, but, I mean, it – you know, it is what it is. People from different eras are going to see things differently. Um, but if he loses, keep quiet. But, but – and I think that's – I mean, to be honest, I think that's what needs to be said. I mean, everybody's going to have their opinions about this, no matter what. If he wins, big deal. Not, It's not going to change a lot of people's mindset. You know, whoever they feel as though is the greatest is still going to say who's the greatest. Whether he wins or loses this one doesn't really matter um, at this stage. I just think that at, this, at the end of the stage of his career, he accomplished something. Um, but I agree with you, Smooth. If Miami was to win this, there's no more discussion. There's no more talk. Um, everybody's still going to – but there's going to be people who still say he, he just lost this one. He's still the greatest player. Um, but outside of that, there shouldn't be no talk about this going forward. Everybody's going to have their own opinions. They're going to stick to them in the story. Yep. So. LeBron, is great, LeBron is a great player, you know, but, you know, everybody has their, their Mount Rushmore, but – you got to, you know, Wilt won 11 championships <laughs> and he's not even considered the greatest of all time, which is crazy. <laughs> to be honest, and I'm going to start doing, acknowledging that as well. I mean, if yeah. you won 11 championships, you definitely should be edged in the Mount Rushmore <laughs> without question. Exactly. And, and nobody talks about Kareem, and I think Kareem was a much more dominant player at his, at his apex than LeBron James or you know, Mike was, mm-hmm. but you know, but it's, it's, hey, Mike, you know, two, three beats. <laughs> he's one at every level, high school, right. college, NBA. I mean, Olympics, Olympics, yeah. at every level. And that man gets no respect. And, uh, and unblemished at that. He never lost in the championship. He went, six, he went to six and won all six. <laughs> It was MVP all six. <laughs> Jordan or Kareem? Oh, Jordan. Kareem. Oh, oh Jordan. Jordan. Oh, Jordan. Jordan. Oh, Jordan. Oh, Kareem, obviously, too. How many uh, Kareem did? Oh, yeah. Five. Yes, five or six? At least five. Well, I mean, five, six, tomato, tomato. Doesn't but like mean. I said, he's he, he's won at every level. He's won championships in high school. He's won championships in college for UCLA when he, mm-hmm. when he ran off, like, four straight. Mm-hmm. Um He's won at, you know, NBA. I mean, he changed the game. I mean, the sky hook was the most unstoppable move that I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. He won six. Six. See? So, I mean, it – you know, numbers – just like in baseball, Ace, numbers speak volumes. Mm-hmm. It's not what you do off the court. And he, even in the NFL, it's not what you do off the court, because if it was, a lot of cats that did stuff off the court wouldn't be in the NFL Hall of Fame. But um, to me, it's always what you do on the court. And I'm not knocking LeBron at all. I mean, to sit there and say you've been to the 9 out of 10 last finals, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's amazing. Dude, that is a great accomplishment in itself. Yes, but you're a winning percentage. Ain't that damn great. <laughs> and you're doing it. <laughs> if you're talking about rings, Robert Ory got more than you on mm. yeah, seven. two different <laughs> on two or three different teams. So you know, if we're counting rings, yep, three different teams. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Big shot, Bob. Anyway, guys, we're way past our time, so um, let everybody know where they can find you at. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Also, Scotty Pippen has six championship rings. Just side note there. Scotty <laughs> said that they playing basketball at that. I said that earlier when the bubble first started, but, you know, who am I to go back? Anyway, uh, you can find me on um, the Gram or Snapchat and Twitter, J.E. Ross, the number seven. Um, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And as always, everybody, um, you know, coronavirus still out there. Play it safe, be safe, um, and make sure that you keep yourself and your loved ones safe as always. Um, you know, justice for Breonna Taylor. I mean, some stuff happened over there, but, you know. Yeah. That's a different podcast for a different topic. Um, and I'm glad that you guys played good. I know we had a debate last night with a moderator and it was just a shit show. I want to thank you guys for being such good um, and gracious debaters over here. Uh, 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 I guess we could have a whole show based on that crap. <laughs> they, only need to, they only need to keep that one. That was it. That's all they need. They need I, I just look forward to the to the BP debates. Uh, Possible versus BP. I think that would be a little more civil in a sense. <laughs> that might actually be a debate. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that. Worth watching, I don't know, but it might actually be a debate. It might be a debate. I agree with you on that. Unless, unless uh, your president goes and tells Pence to use the same tactics. Uh, That's not his character. That would be... Wait, to be honest, I would watch that if he ever did go out of character. Just to see, just to <laughs> see how he would do it. That would be interesting. Yeah. All right, I digress. Anyway, folks, um, as always, love, peace, and soul. Have a good one. God bless. Two. Oh, there it is. Two. Peace. Four. 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 Four